Hello, welcome to the Mike Dominic Show. I am, as always, Mike Dominic. Today is the 23rd of June, and it is the morning after. You know what that's like, of, of course, the WWDC keynote and State of the Union. Uh, this year was significant in, well, I guess an obvious way. Uh, with COVID, everybody's home, so they did a, they being Apple, did a virtual presentation, um, which was available, widely available online. Right, you, there were they had some special apps on iOS and Mac devices, but you basically it was a streaming conference. I am sure many of you have already done some of these. Um, there are good things, you know. I I kind of liked the tighter content. I didn't like that you don't see anybody. Having said that, I don't generally go to WWDC, so that's fine. Uh, but before we dive in too much, we're always the show is as always brought to you by the Mad Botter, my consulting company. We have some availability for iOS development and Python development coming up here in July. So if you need something done, there has never been a better time to reach out. Um, basically, I think by mid-July, we're able to jump on things almost immediately, or depending on what it is, practically immediately. So let us know. You can reach out to sales at themadbotter.com. Um, also follow me on Twitter at Dumanuko. This is going to be a little special episode. It's just going to be me. I don't have a guest. Uh, kind of going over some impressions from the conference. So let's do it right off the bat. I think, you know, you can't discuss WWDC this year without discussing the, uh, shall we say, hoopla, or maybe maybe a kerfluffle is a better word, regarding the App Store and uh, Hey.com, which is, if you don't know, an email service slash app released by the folks at Basecamp, who include D- uh, David Hennemeyer Hansen, uh, who you may know as the inventor of Ruby on Rails. Um, I have been hypercritical of the App Store in years past. I was pretty critical before the conference. Basically, the situation was that Apple was being very persnickety with their rules, trying to um, force Hay to give using that purchase and therefore give up 30% revenue, right? That ended up being a, a big PR blunder for Apple. Um, lots of folks, podcasters, bloggers, big tech Uh, tech trade publications online got into it really the antitrust specter came up Uh, there was a congressman on the verge cast who was talking about he thinks this is obviously antitrust so that's you know that's not great two days and a day before your developer conference especially given the current climate well the good news one one i definitely had a strong reaction to it and i was definitely uh frankly i was off base and i'm pleasantly surprised uh, so Apple, we just deal with this up front, after the keynote and after the State of the Union, Apple released a press release, which I have linked in the show notes, uh, not backing off their 30%, but, which i, I got to be honest, I don't think the 30% commission is actually the big issue, uh, ch- saying that they will no longer, once an app is approved in the App Store, ding you for a reinterpretation of the rules or any kind of rules violations on bug fix updates, which, again, the situation with Hey was the app was approved, they had a bug, they wanted to fix it, so they pushed a you know point one release, and that was rejected, and there was this whole kerfluffle. I think that's great, right? So that means you follow the rules of the App Store, you get in, you're in. Um, that, to me, is a huge change, but they actually went a step further. They are now going to allow you to object to a rejection on two bases. One, you think they're misunderstanding what you're doing, which you always could. Kind of, you you know, (laughs) you may address your concerns to this brick wall. used to be how it was, but my understanding is it's calmed down a bit. But also, you can object to the rule itself. So that's a 
big difference, right? So um, let me use a horrible analogy. Let's say you're speeding and uh, you know it's uh, 20, 29 miles per hour speed. I'm making one up that doesn't exist, right? And you're going 30. Not only can you try to claim you weren't speeding, which you know in this case is not true, you could just say, well, officer, 29 miles per hour doesn't make sense. The rule should be 30. And maybe you can convince the officer that it's 30, right? That's a bad example. And I know using speeding in the cops is like, well, there is a posted sign and it's the law, whatever. But that's kind of a big deal, right? Because I don't think it will be common. But I, I can see a world where enough developers, particularly enough prominent developers, object to the specific wording of a rule or a subclause. And Apple, you know, over time, these things aren't going to happen quickly, which I, I in particular, and I feel for you if you have the same problem, tend to want things to happen faster and overreact. So, you know, patience is a virtue we all have to learn together. But the idea that in some time frame, Apple will actually listen to developer complaints and be willing to discuss not only the interpretation of, the, of their specific apps or rules, but actually the letter of the rules too, too is... Uh, frankly, if you listen to Coda Radio, you heard me, you know, kind of complain for years about the App Store. This is everything. This is basically everything I've ever wanted. So I am thrilled, which is going to lead me to my conclusion at the end of this episode. But moving on, let's get to the actual content. So right off the bat, let's start with the steak, right? So the, we're having a steak dinner here of WWDC. Arm Macs. Arm is coming to Mac. Uh, that's a huge deal. Even if you're not a Mac fan, I... If you've listened to enough of my stuff, you know that I am not the biggest, uh, let's say, x86 long-term believer, right? I, I do think that, you know, particularly for portable computers, ARM, the power and uh, both power in terms of like processing power and battery consumption trade-off, uh, it's significantly better, particularly on some of these Apple chips that we're seeing on iPad Pros, right? That's fantastic. I... I like this for two reasons. One, I would like to own a laptop that lasts, you know, some godless amount of hours. Two, competition is the way technology moves forward in general. So if Apple is now coming out with laptops that last, I'm going to make up a number here, right, but like 20 hours, right, and it has good performance. Well, then Dell and all the other manufacturers are going to have to follow suit where they're going to get trounced. So that's great. That's just pushing the industry forward. They also came right out with it. So I, I everybody kind of knew about the ARM Max. I thought that they would be... Maybe one of these situations where they had it, but Adobe didn't support it, so it was basically useless for a lot of people. They have been working with Adobe, which, again, if you're in this Apple world of graphics design and whatever, that's basically a must. Um, they've been working with Microsoft to get Office running. They have some interesting virtualization technologies. They actually showed GNOME Linux on in a WWDC, and they like pointed it out three times, which if you, I know a lot of you are Linux fans, as I am, that's incredible. If you think about it, just like, you know, we had Hayden on a couple of weeks ago, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well, talking about the Windows subsystem for Linux as part uh, version part two. Yes, part two, the revenge, no, version two on uh, Windows 10. And now Apple is also in a WWC keynote uh, showing GNOME off. And yes, I said it the right way. The, the GNOME people will be happy. And, you know, it's a feature, right? You can, like, easily run Linux on a Mac. I mean, you could already do it, but... They're, you know, they're saying that on ARM, it will run fine, and you could do all your back-end development stuff. I I somehow, I think that by a lot of the Apple press, it didn't get enough play, but I'm, 
you know, I can see myself doing that, particularly for testing, particularly for some server-side development, um, embedded development. If I'm running on Mac hardware, which like right now I'm on an iMac Pro, I could see definitely wanting to virtualize uh, ARM, particularly ARM, right? Because this IoT work is all ARM. So having an ARM Macintosh, don't I know I'm dating myself, but an ARM Mac with a uh, you know, virtualized ARM Linux system that is the same as the ARM Linux system I'm going to be programming to is is a significant improvement. Um, there's some bad stuff, particularly about ARM. If you are a gamer and you do not like mobile games, it seems super unlikely that AAA games are going to work on Mac very well. They did show Tomb Raider. I think it was Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think that's a sequel. But they showed it in 1080p, and it's like, okay, fine, it's a couple years old, whatever. Uh, Mac is not exactly a great gaming platform to begin with. My hope is that the few companies that do support Mac gaming, like Blizzard in particular, because I do like my Hearthstone, continue to support it. But if not, if you are a Linux person, I would point you towards Lutris. Um, You may find me playing Magic the Gathering Arena on there. And yeah, this is, I don't know what to say, this is an area where OS X, oops, I'm sorry, Mac OS 11, yes, the 10 is gone. Uh, this is an area where Mac OS does not just, it's just not a strong suit. You know, I don't know what to say. This is not <laughs> gaming, high end gaming is not, uh, not, not exactly in the wheelhouse, let's say. So, on top of all the ARM fun, uh, iOS apps running on Mac, I am not super excited about this, let me tell you. And then to be clear, this is a distinction between Catalyst, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I have been an iOS developer. I have been an iOS, iPhone, iPad developer. I have developed Mac apps. I had a very well, uh, you know, top, uh, I think it was definitely top 10. It might have been top five or it might have been number six. I can't remember. But way back in the day, I had a top selling Mac app. I, I Maybe I can be convinced when I get the uh, beta of Big Sur or Sur. I've been corrected twice on how to say that. I'm trying, um, which is the new version of Mac OS that, yes, uh, iOS apps do belong on here. But I'm super skeptical. You know, I, I really think that things like keyboard acceleration um, are important for Mac apps. And yeah, I'm not sure that I want a bunch of iOS apps running on my Mac. Having said that, maybe it'll make sense, right? And this is distinct from Catalyst. So these are literally apps built for iOS that run on Mac OS. And they showed a, a flash at the developer console. The default is actually to make it compatible. So if you are an iOS developer, you're going to have to turn that off going forward. Uh, just flowing right along, right? Catalyst. Now, Catalyst, I think, is interesting. It came out last year. It was a little little rough, you know, a little undercooked, let's say. The, the, the cake was, you know, liquidy. They've added a bunch of controls to it. There are a few sessions on it coming up. I'm recording this on Tuesday. I'm going to be tuning into some of the sessions throughout the week. It is. It looks interesting. Um, it is the framework for those who don't know, for basically porting iPad apps to Mac OS. Although I'm not even sure if porting is the right word. I think it would more be a simultaneous development situation now. So you'd basically be developing for iPad and Mac. Personally, I think that makes more sense. And I'm going to fry some bacon here. The credit to the Unfiltered Show. That's their little gag. I think we're just going towards touchscreen Macs. Is what's going to happen. Um, uh, my big positive takeaway from this whole thing was one, you might not think of Apple as a chip vendor, but wow, some of the benchmarks that they've come out with their ARM chips on iPad, and not even from them, but you know, the most recent iPad Pro are, are just stunning, very impressive. But also, 
I, I, I'm going way on a limb here, and I know I'm going to get some heat for this. You know, longtime Coderator listeners know that I have this like love-hate relationship with uh, Mac, Mac OS. I'm sorry, iOS. Which who knows? Maybe they'll merge. But where I like the the uh, the I won't say tooling. I like Objective C, but <laughs> my my feelings on Swift are well documented. Uh, I I like the idea of the iPad, but it's always been too restricted. And just not quite there. I I think they're getting there. You know, they're loosening up the 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 A. I want to say A twelve, but I could be wrong. Correct me in the, in the comments if I'm wrong or on Twitter. Uh, the performance there is is stunning. It runs circles around like I have a MacBook Air that it just trounces. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty pretty significant. Um, I think this could be my longtime Star Trek tablet dream. So I've been burned before. I know, I know I can feel the snark on Twitter and in the comments. Um, I feel it before it comes, but I'm I'm going to give it another go because I, I honestly, if they're willing to loosen up and see some uh, more ingenuity and kind of more odd ways to bend these, I won't say odd, but more, let's say, let's think outside of the app silo ways to develop for the iPad. This is significant. And particularly with the changes to Mac OS to make it more iPad OS-like, uh, I think we're, we're going... We're really going towards converse computing, God willing, in the hope, or I'm sorry, should I say Picard willing, in the hope of my Star Trek tablet dreams. If you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Star Trek t- tablet dreams, follow me on Twitter at Dumanuko or listen to some old Quota Radio. I have been, um, I have basically tested every tablet device available, um, including the Surfaces, the iPads, the HP WebOS ones, and a few others. It's... It's been something I've been deeply invested in for a long time, and I'm happy to see it finally happening. Um, Xcode has some improvements. If you are an iOS developer already, you will be happy. Uh, I am downloading the beta right now, so I don't have any first-hand experience, the, as you might imagine. The, uh, the interpipes are not uh, super happy downloading from Apple right now. They're pretty slow. Um, they did release an ARM dev kit. If you're already a Mac developer who has a Mac OS app and you want to port it to ARM, you can enter the lottery to try to get one. It's 500 bucks, and it's basically a Mac mini running an A12. So it's pretty cool. Uh, all in all, I think it was a good year. Uh, I, I'm just going to go out, you know, go out and say it. I think they did much better than expected. Sure, on the iPhone side, a lot of the features they announced are basically things that Android has had for years. But one, iPhone is not really the core game as far as I'm concerned. I really do think it's a tablet. I know that's, again, not a super popular opinion. But yeah, I'm, I'm impressed now. As I dig deeper into the documentation, maybe I'll be disappointed, right? Maybe any updated app review guidelines will be strict on the tablet. That could be true. And by tablet, I mean iPad. But so far, so far, so so interesting. So anyway, that's uh, that's the quick show for this week, a little WWC special. Please follow me on Twitter at Dumanuk and follow the show in the show notes. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.